All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics, starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Shit. <laughs> that was it was very delayed shit, Tyler. I yeah, I just like, I wanted right dramatic effectly. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you really want it oh. to have some punch. The Oilers blow game one against the LA Kings. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day live. From the Sports Closet Studio, get geared up, sportscloset.ca, three locations in the Edmonton area as well. Live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where 587 Legend has the first comment, says, well, it was disappointing with the loss. Silver lining, though, Bouchard looked completely in the flow of the game, confident when making plays, had an amazing impact on both sides of the puck. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot. Sean Bell along. Sean, uh, what did you think of the experience of Game 1, Oilers Kings? Well, the, the, the experience of it was fantastic. I mean, you know, there's... Outside, outside of the rain, people were, there was good energy. It was, people were buzzing, uh, inside the stadium was buzzing. It, yeah. it was a really, it was a great atmosphere. It's everything that you basically want, you know, if you're the home team in, in round one in particular. Now, when you get to the game, mm-hmm. the weather's come out, they're flying, they're doing really well, they're physical. Kings can't even keep up. 
And then it's like they just turned out the lights and they said, we've got this one wrapped up. Like I just, I'm sitting up there in the press box. I'm watching this game. And uh, I was actually sitting with, with Matt Cassian and we're just like, okay, something's not right here. And they took their foot off the gas pedal. And then all of a sudden you could just see the Kings just slowly chipping away. And obviously it turned into what it turned into. Um, Pretty disappointing because I don't think the Kings beat the Oilers. I think the Oilers beat the Oilers. They gave that yep. game away. It felt a little bit like first half of the season Edmonton Oilers. When you think back like December and January when they were blowing those two goal leads at home consistently, that's what it felt like. And you're right. Like that Kings team, I'm not walking away from that game being like, oh, the Kings can beat the Oilers three more times this series. I'm thinking, man, if the Oilers just figure out their own stuff, they're going to find a way to win this series. Uh, if you're just hopping in here, Sean is going to be joining us the day after every Oilers game. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. You can check them out online, starmechanical.ca. The Oilers lose 4-3. They're down one nothing, but And we talked about this on the Real Life podcast yesterday. The Oilers, I mean, as a fan base, I think, Everyone should be sitting here not that worried. This team goes down one nothing every single time. They have found a way to turn on the Jets and win four straight. Also, I'm a big believer that momentum doesn't really carry over from game to game. I think every game is a fresh start. And for the Oilers, hopefully, you know, they can build a little bit on what they did really well in those first 40 minutes because there was a lot, like you said, that they did well. Um, and we're going to break it all down. I want to talk a little bit about the experience of Rogers place though, because the crowd was buzzing. I thought the team or the organization does a lot of things really well to build up the hype for that game as well. Uh, before the anthems, they just let the crowd sit for like 60 seconds. They don't play music. They just show shots of different fans and they just let the crowd get loud. I thought that was a really good touch. The hype song being Nickelback was awesome and the crowd like yelling hey along with the song it was burn it to the ground every time they say it craig simpson had a great tweet as well i think i saw two la kings fans in the building from my time and i walked laps around the concourse as well i think i saw two like the crowd was awesome and i really hope that goes over into game two as well um because that's something that, that can obviously have a big effect on uh, on the game as well liam what did you think of game one uh i I kind of agree with what Sean said. It just felt like the Oilers had the game in the wraps after the first period. And all of a sudden they felt the game was over in a way and slowly, but surely yeah. LA just grinded their way into it, but they never really had like massive chances. They just got these good breaks from mistakes from the Oilers, whether it be them in the penalty box or honestly, some bad plays on the face-offs, not bearing down on pucks a little bit harder and ended up in the back of the net. But I, I agree with what you said too, Tyler. Like, there was nothing that showed me last night that the LA Kings are the best team in this series. I still yep. believe the Oilers are the best team. And when the Oilers are on their A game, like they were in that first period, the LA Kings truly cannot compete with them. Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of the overwhelming thing. The Oilers also gave the Kings six power plays in that hockey game. And our guy, Christopher Palmer, who won the shirt yesterday on the show for his key to victory, which was stay disciplined. The Oilers just didn't do a very good job of that. And Evan Bouchard's a guy I want to pick your brain about, Sean, because he did look great. The power play goal was awesome. He seemed to really be controlling the pace of the game almost from the back end. But those two penalties were, I mean, if you want to call them ticky-tack, sure. But I think they were both penalties, even if the second one, if you want to be like, oh, it wasn't a high stick because he got him in the shoulder. And it's a cross check, I think. It, was that maybe a young defenseman having to learn a tough lesson on how to keep his head on straight? Yeah, it really was. I mean, Bouchard for two periods was unreal. I mm -hmm. mean, for the most part, he was really good. He made yeah. two mistakes that were were critical penalties. Um, the last one obviously coming at the wrong time. But I mean, take his game aside. Like you remove him out of this equation, 
Like the Oilers still gave up. What was it? Five DKs outside of that then? Yeah. Outside of Bouchard's. And they scored on at least two. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the bigger story than anything is the fact that you took penalties at bad times. You sat back. If you watch, like all of a sudden in the third period, they're sitting into a one-two-two where they're extremely high. Both of their the wingers from the LA Kings were just pushing to the far blue, and then they would try to spring a break almost every single time. And the others allowed them to do that. They just they kept chipping pucks in, sitting back, chipping pucks in, sitting back. And so now the game just starts to change a little bit, right? Because now all the breaks are are coming along. But I mean, you know, going back to the original question. Shard was good. He made two critical mistakes. It's a young defenseman that's finding his way. He's been, he's been great. He's been fantastic. I mean, even in that game, like I, I think he'll bounce back from it, but he's just got to understand the time of the game. You can't take yeah. those penalties at that time. Uh, speaking of penalties at bad times, overtime, generally a bad time to take a penalty, <laughs> give a team a power play. Uh, Oilers fans were nice and spicy when this one was called on Vinny DeHarnay. Liam, was it a trip? I think it was like I, maybe the contact wasn't big like people think, but he definitely like disrupted the rhythm of his skating, right? Which is a penalty. And and in that moment, I think all of us saw it watching this exact highlight and thought, damn, that's a penalty. And then obviously you can slow it down and everything. Maybe the contact isn't as big as you thought, but I don't think it's fair to criticize the official on making that call. I think the moment, I think the the lost control. I think the beef people will have is, they probably could have called a penalty on LA a couple minutes yeah, before that on Fogel. And the thing is, like in overtime, yeah, okay, I understand. Sometimes they want to put the whistles away. But if you're going to call one penalty, like the King, there was an infraction on Fogel right before that. I think yeah. that's probably why people are mad, but it is a trip. I know, yeah, when you watch it super slow-mo and you see, okay, look, he kind of touches that broken stick and then he falls. Okay, the ref in real time is watching that play head on. It's a trip. Dayarnay probably in that situation as well needs to know not to swing his stick like that either. Like if he just goes down and gets back up, there's not going to be a penalty. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, like you look at the call, and and usually what you want from the official is it's got to be an egregious call or something that's going to truly affect the play. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, part of the reason also why I think guys are so mad is that the puck was getting chipped in anyway. Like yeah. is going to get this puck. It's not going to be affected. There's no scoring chance on the play. Like. If they don't call this, nothing changes in this sequence of events. And I think that's part of why people are so upset because, like you'd mentioned, they didn't call something on Fogel earlier. Yeah. I think another thing, too, just right before this, didn't Dayane lost the puck on the blue line, right? He kind of yeah. fanned it. So just in that whole sequence alone, like he's probably pretty flustered and like a little bit out of control on everything, too. So just kind of a bad moment. The reaction was a bit wild from day on day too. coming yep. out of the box and whacking his stick everywhere. Like frustrating, obviously, but it's just game one at the end of the day. Yeah. People uh, nice and fired up saying it was a dive. I, I think he actually fell again. He stepped on the broken stick, which might've been the reason he ultimately fell. I don't know if that one was a dive. I thought the interference earlier when Bouchard got called for like a one handed shove and Trevor Moore acted like he got shot. Okay, that one I think was maybe a bit more of a dive. But I mean, also the Oilers got part of the reason the Oilers got off to such a good start is because they were getting power plays early in that hockey game. And the takeaway I'm going to have from this is if if this is the number of penalties they're going to call, if there are going to be nine power plays in every game this series, I think that actually works in the Oilers favor because I think eventually an officiating crew. I mean, you play in the league, Sean, they're going to be trying to even this thing up. They're going to know when they look at the statute after we gave L.A. six, we gave Edmonton three. 
they're going to try to even that up at some point in the series and more power plays, the better for Edmonton with that power play. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like basically this got affected. The game got affected by that last call. Yeah. I mean, make no bones about it, whether we want to agree or disagree on whether, you know, it was a penalty or not. The game did get affected mm-hmm. by that. I mean, it says, says it right here, <laughs> two for six on the PK on the power play. You know, if you take some of that away or you maybe take one or two of those away, well, maybe the Oilers are walking away with a victory. So I do think at the end of the day, the the penalties are going to even out and it's definitely going to work in the Oilers' favor. I think another thing, too, is outside of the Dehane and Bouchard penalty, look at the other penalties I would take in the Hyman one was so unnecessary in the offensive zone. The Evander Kane one was maybe a little bit unlucky where he's kind of like swinging and catches him with his stick, but like, those are veteran guys who've been in this situation yep. literally last season. Like, you should know you can't just get away with that. Were, were they too amped up in the moment trying to play physical? I think Maybe. so. I think definitely, especially, especially on the Evander Kane one. I think there's a line you have to walk, yeah. right? And again, you would kind of hope that after going to the conference finals, this team would have had a better idea of where that line is. But again, it's game one. Like, do do I come out of that game being like, oh man, the Oilers are in danger right now? I'm I'm not because again. They were the better team for 40 minutes. They were 17 seconds away from getting a victory anyways in that hockey game. There's some lessons there that they got to learn. Yeah, that's that's kind of what happens, but it's a long series. There's a reason why they play best of sevens. Um, not exactly super nervous. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, that's a good one, Aaron. Uh, for people who weren't at the game last night, because it was interesting talking to Aaron and Liam about this, they were watching on TV. They really didn't show how much garbage got thrown onto the ice. And I know people in the chat are talking. We got DMs being like, you need to call people out for this. I mean, me sitting here being like, hey, don't throw garbage on the ice is probably not going to stop drunk fans from throwing garbage on the ice. But there was like tw- the expensive beers as well. But like $12 20 beers. Yeah, $12 beers. You're, You're hucking that. those things and like full. They were spraying everywhere. Not a great look by the city. Um, no, yeah, it sucks. no, I didn't. I didn't like it. I mean, I, I get it. There's frustration. You just yeah. lost and people are upset about the call, but like save your money. That's a $12 beard. That's full. <laughs> yep. Like, come on guys. Um, be Aaron, better. Aaron, do we have, do we have our clip of what Hunter the Lynx is going to be doing uh, at the next <laughs> Oilers game? Oh, this is good. Oh, it's not that. Ryan, this time I think I got just the thing people will remember me for. I am going to stop pollution with my new lovable character, Gary the No-Trash Cougar. Pick up your trash! I want to know whose cup this is! I said I want to know whose cup this is! Pick it up! Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! Thank you, sweetie. See what a nicer place this is when we all pitch in? Like Gary the No-Trash Cougar says, give a lobbage, throw out your garbage. Spread the word. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the orange and blue ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> they all had their jackets on ready to go home. And then they had to come back out and pick up all that trash. Uh, Hunter, the no trash links. Uh, don't throw beers on the ice. People don't be dumb. Makes the city look bad. Um, all right. Man. Let's get into our three big things from last night's game brought to you by Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The Oilers go down one nothing in that series. But again, some positives. And here's one on my list of three big things. The Oilers' bottom six was very effective in that hockey game, uh, specifically the fourth line. And looking at the numbers, I found it interesting. Jay Woodcroft really didn't go to the blender at all. At five on five, McDavid and Drysaddle, according to Natural Statric, 
played one second together at five on five. They played a bit at four on four together. Um, but the fourth line, McLeod, Fogel, Derek Ryan played six minutes and 19 seconds. Shot attempts, 10 to three. Unblocked shot attempts, eight to two. Shots on goal, six to one. And they started two of their five uh, shifts that started with a faceoff. Two of the five were in the D zone. The Oilers' bottom six hummed really nicely in the hockey game. Even the one dry settle goal was off a four check by Bukestad and then a good play by Yanmar. They, they actually were really good. Um, every single time they're out on the ice, at least from what I saw, they hemmed the Kings into their mm-hmm. own zone. They were physical, they were quick on pucks, and they just funneled everything to the net. And that just created a little bit of chaos for the, the Kings in their own zone. So, you know, if you go keep going back to that, well, I don't think it's going to hurt you. It evens out the minutes. And then the long series, that makes, you know, Drysaddle McDavid a little bit fresher um, where they can now start to impose their will later in the series. Yeah. Um, again, bottom six, that maybe isn't an area where you expected the Oilers to have an advantage over the LA Kings, but down the stretch, I thought those bottom six guys all played really well in game one. They were a factor in a very positive way. And Liam, I see no reason. Like when you look at the kind of years, a guy like Yanmark has had, and I mean, even Ryan McLeod now going through his second playoff run, I think these, these are all guys who can consistently make impacts. Yeah. I mean, the, that fourth line, like you said, at two goals disallowed, uh, they put the puck mm-hmm. in the net twice last night. And I think the interesting factor in all of this is how is Woodcroft going to go to a 12 and uh, 11 and seven? I don't think you do now. I think you're going to take out and six because you could argue last night, the Oilers two worst forwards, probably Nugent Hopkins and Hyman, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to take those two guys out? I I doubt it. So it's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, they were very, very good and hopefully they can keep it rolling. I mean, Warren Fogel last night was absolutely buzzing. He played so, so well and I think kind of deserved a bit more on the stat sheet than he got. Right. But, they were fantastic. And if that continues, like, how are the Oilers not going to beat this team? The Oilers' first line was their worst line last night. That's number two on my three big things is Connor McDavid held pointless. And actually, the goal that kind of ignited the Kings' comeback, it was a two-on-one for the Oilers right before that. McDavid and Kane. And McDavid, that's, if you look up force and a pass in the dictionary, it's that play oh, right yeah. there. He had a clear-cut lane to the net. He tries to make the fancy play. Other way, the puck's in the back of their own net. Within seconds of the thing, um, I think we're going to see a really pissed off Connor McDavid tomorrow. Because if me, a guy in the stands who had five beers, noticed that play and realized the impact it had, number 97 realizes the impact it had. He, without question, he knows where it's at. Like, you know, one of the sto- biggest storylines is that they've been able to keep him in check almost mm-hmm. all year. But like, how do you keep this guy in check? Yep. You know, Connor, obviously, he didn't have the impact that he wanted yesterday's game. He's going to come back pissed off. He's looking for a little bit more and every, he expects more than anybody. I think he's harder on himself than anybody in this league, uh, in management, in the city. So he's coming out, he's going to be flying. And if they have that and you have dry settle doing what he's doing and McDavid, well, once again, we go back to the comment that you made earlier where it's weather fans, you don't have anything to worry about. Craig with a prediction in the chat says McDavid scores three with a couple of apples in game two, maybe calling for a bit of an Oilers blowout. Sure. Set your expectations. I'm sure Connor McDavid is going to be mad and an angry Connor McDavid Lee. And we've seen it time and time again. He, he comes off bad games very well. Yeah, he does. He, he's a bounce back kind of player, isn't it? And I mean, to the Kings credit, they played him very, very well last night, but there's obviously more to Connor McDavid. I think you're not going to stop that guy for seven games. You only hope to maintain him. Right. So 
Luckily for the Oilers, other guys around him stepped up yesterday, but I can imagine Connor McDavid will be coming out firing on, on Wednesday. The crazy part of that whole thing is that he had chances. Yeah. yeah. Like he had that one where he dances three guys, mm-hmm. goes in, That's right. and doesn't score. Like if he scores, maybe now he's he's flying. Mm-hmm. And so now we were looking at a different situation, right? Obviously, they, he doesn't score, so it it makes it look a little bit worse because he doesn't have the points, but he still had really good chances. And the good news is, his anytime goal might be a little bit more valuable for us on Wednesday too. Yep. It was plus 105 yesterday. Looking forward to plus 110 on Wednesday. There you go. And dry settled <laughs> two plus points in the playoffs continues to pay lock, your rent. Lock and load. Lock and load. Uh, a couple of people in the chat talking about clean cost and he did play a team low nine minutes and 16 seconds mm-hmm. and they did make a switch for one shift and moved Fogel up to the third line. So they go 11 and seven people saying, hey, maybe you take clean cost and out. But I... When I look at it, like, hey, Clem Costin, even if he plays six minutes, having that guy out there go lay a couple of big hits. We saw him drop the gloves yesterday. He just couldn't get his yeah. hands on. I think it was Blake Lazat that he wanted to get a piece of. That's more valuable to me than Philip Broberg playing two minutes. Couldn't agree more. Costin uh, was physical. Uh, he answered the bell multiple times. Um, you know, he's heavy on the forecheck. Like, mm-hmm. you talk about the Oilers and how they've kind of evolved over the last couple of years. Like, a guy like Clem Costin, this guy's heavy. And he plays a hard game. And, and against a team like the Kings, you need a guy like that. Mm-hmm. At Broberg, I wish the best of luck in your career moving forward. But you're going to be sitting out because I don't think you can pull anybody out of the lineup right now. Yeah, like even, I mean, he was saying, oh, Vinny took the bad penalty. I'm not taking DeHarnay out because of one bad penalty either. Like, Well, here's the thing, too. Bouchard and DeHarnay were the ones who took the penalties at the end of the game. You two least experienced, inexperienced players on the blue line. You really want to add a Philip Broberg to that group too? No. <laughs> like, no. there's no way. I, I there there will be a time in this series where Clem Carson has to do something that'll be way more valuable than what Philip Broberg can bring to the lineup. Unfortunately, he's just not a specialist in anything, right? And that's not a shot at him. He's a very yeah. young defenseman with a promising career, but at least Clem can play that physical role. He can fight if you need to. He's got a scoring touch. Like Broberg just isn't bringing that, unfortunately. Oh, this is this is a grinding series. Yes, it's a hard series, and you got to have guys that are able to, you know, be effective in that role. Mm-hmm. And Broberg, you know, like let's just hypothetically say they get past LA. Well, who's sitting there next? Most likely, it's probably Vegas. Vegas yeah. And so now you put you. That's maybe when you insert Broberg mm-hmm. because that's a better matchup. It's more of a skating matchup. It's more of a skilled matchup. Like the one that we've got here is probably one of the worst matchups for the Oilers yeah. outside. And I'm going to knock on wood at some point here. Um, the avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, looking around at the Oilers blue line last night as well. Uh, we talked about this coming into the series a bit on the show, but having Darnell nurse be healthy for this run. And you look back at last year, right? That's a guy who had like 25, 26 minutes a night and he was doing it all on one leg. And I think that kind of led to a lot of fans not loving his game. It bled into this year, all of that stuff. Um, we had Laddie Schmidt on the real life podcast last week, calling out some people he heard at the game talking smack about Darnell Nurse. I thought Darnell Nurse was actually, I thought he had a good game yesterday. Like that's more of the Darnell Nurse they need versus what we saw at points earlier in the year. Yeah. Darnell, when at the start of the year, he was just trying to do too much, yeah. right? He was trying to prove to everyone that he was $9.25 million defenseman. Like you don't have to do that. Don't get out of your comfort zone, what your lane is. And now all of a sudden you've got Ekholm here, which we talked about this last time I was on, where like it kind of allows Darnell to be Darnell. Yeah. And when he is that guy, he is very, very effective because he's big, skate, he can hit, he can do everything that 
every single team in the NHL is looking for. Now they've got two guys like that. Yeah. Three big things for our friends at Betway 19 plus play responsibly. Go check them out ahead of game two. We'll be talking about our bets for tomorrow's game on a shirt for giant game day edition of the show tomorrow. Sean, before we let you go, I want to uh, pick your brain about what else is going on around the NHL. What other series piques your interest the most in the league? Well, I like the Boston Florida one. Yeah. There's just something about Florida where I look at their team and I'm like, they've got disruptor potential. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to do, I don't think they're going to win this series, but I feel like they're going to give a bigger test than what I think a lot of people are expecting. That'd be one series that I've got my eye on for sure. The other one is Tampa, Toronto. Can Toronto finally overcome it? I don't know. Can Tampa just continue that? Can we call them a dynasty? Oh yeah. Tampa. Oh yeah. I think so. Right. Three straight cup finals. So can they continue that little run for at least one more year? That's a really good storyline to watch out for. And then the other one I like is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. This is a story of Winnipeg, who is one of the best teams in the NHL up until right around Christmas time. And then they fill off a cliff, but they've got some bodies there. Mm-hmm. They're big, they're physical team. Like that's going to be a hard matchup for, for Vegas. Yeah. I, that's the one I'm going to, I'm kind of excited to watch. I think that series is going to be entertaining. I think those are two hockey teams that are very imperfect and they both over the last little bit have really relied on their goalies. Connor Hellebuck in his last five starts has allowed seven goals. Laurent Brassois, who's going to be the game one starter for Vegas has allowed eight goals in his last five starts. But I think that reliance on their goaltending when things are frantic and playoff hockey's all intense, I think it's going to be some high octane high scoring chance kind of back and forth hockey between those two do you remember a couple of years back when winnipeg played nashville yes do you remember how intense that series yeah. was right. i've just got for some reason a feeling that's what it's going to be like you got two goaltenders on both sides well mm-hmm. hella buck and yeah. then the litany of goaltenders <laughs> with with uh, like las vegas them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever starts they're going to be good but i just feel like it's going to be a really intense yeah. series and a really physical series yeah, that'll be a good one. I mean, there's a lot like Rangers Devils. I mean, we didn't even mention that. Like that one tonight starts five o'clock puck drop between those two battle of the Hudson River. Um, that's going to be a really good one as well, because I think those are, again, two teams that love skilling it up like the Hughes he Shire combo. And then you go to the other side and the top six, Tarasenko, Kane, Zibanejad, Kreider, like you go through that Rangers roster. It's crazy how talented they are. Um, tonight's a pull out two TVs, watch two games at once kind of night for me. It's going to be a, a good one. Sean. This was a lot of fun. We will be back Thursday show to break down game two. How do you think the Oilers bounce back in game two? I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to come out flying and they'll uh, cement it. Let's call it a 3-1 victory. There you go. Thanks for hopping in today. Beauty. There you go. Sean Bell for our friends at Star Mechanical. <laughs> check them out. Oh, did I miss that? You missed I it. missed oh. the fist bump. Uh, check them out. Star Mechanical. That's even better. Star Mechanical.ca. The number's on the screen if you need 24-7 emergency service. 780-481-8873. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There you go. Moving along on the show, big shout out to Sean for hopping in today and swinging down by the office, down by the Sports Closet Studio. Uh, let's get into some more numbers from last night brought to you by Boston Pizza and their new Fanalytics menu. Liam, are you aware of what a pizza flight is? Uh, no, but I'm fully aware of what a pizza is and a flight. There you go. Now, so. now you're on the right path. <laughs> so um, basically, three styles of pizza. They come out, little ones. You can try a little bit of everything. Anyways, Boston Pizza. Is it like a, almost like a cheeseburger slider, but a pizza edition? Yeah, yeah. Now you're thinking mm, along the right path here. Uh, Boston Pizza, the new Fanalytics menu. Are you a deep fried pickles guy? Uh, I'm not a pickles guy. Yeah, I'm not a pickles but guy. But I either. do like deep fried Oreos. You ever had them? No. They're very good. Okay. I, I'll be Boston at Boston pizza. pizza tomorrow, I think. Wing Wednesday, BPs. And Cheesecake Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be doing our show tomorrow live from Greta. So look forward to that. Taking the show on the road again ahead of game two of the Oilers and Kings. Just finishing up kind of our look back at game one of this series. Wanted to run through some numbers for Boston Pizza and their Fanalytics menu. Shots in the first period, 6-3 Oilers. Shots in the second period, 12-7 Oilers. Even the shots in OT at 5-on-5, five five, according to Natural Statric, and those were all at 5-on-5, five five, by the way, were 11-3. to three. Like the Oilers were the better team, the first period, the second period, I would argue for 12 minutes of the third period, they were mm-hmm. the better team. And I would argue they were the better team in overtime and got hosed by a bad, or by that call. That's not a bad call, but an untimely call. Like it sounds weird to be like moral victory. It's the playoff. But like I was a moral victory in my books. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And it's, there was just so many questionable things that happened mm-hmm. later on in the game which affected the Oilers and which is what the whole image is now kind of looking like for them but overall like they were the better team in that game that Leon Dreisaitl's line I thought was fantastic I thought do you know what the boys on the penalty kill I know they went two for six but also the Oilers just started playing with fire after a while and putting them under a lot of pressure I thought some of those guys played unbelievably like Yamamoto was stepping in front of parks. Like yeah. Ekholm did a great job too. And Skinner up until the end was having a, a good game. I guess you could say he just didn't get that last save that they really needed at the end of the third. But I think it's good to have moral victories. Cause like you said, Tyler, the momentum doesn't carry from game to game. So why can't you take away the positives from the game at least to put that and insert it into the game two or yeah. three, whatever it may be. So those are the better team. They just didn't get the result they needed. Yeah, I think that I think that's a great point. Uh, the Kings only had one player in that game hit three shots on goal at five on five. Again, the Oilers, the shot attempts, 68-42 at five on five. 
unblocked shot attempts, 52-31 at five on five shots were 36-21. Scoring chances, 37-23. High danger Corsi events, 17-9. Listen, I understand it was frustrating. I get it. I also do think reading the chat, a lot of people, and Jared was in and said he just needed some reassurance that the guys are going to come out firing in game two, and I really think they will. So yeah. I, I'm just not worried. The Oilers lost game ones last year. I just went through the numbers, the analytics for our friends at BPs and the fan analytics. And like, there's just no reason for me to be worried about that hockey game, Liam. I don't know. Again, the discipline, I, no I think they'll sort that out. They haven't been like an undisciplined team all year. That's not a characteristic they've had. That was a, yeah, that was very out of, out of character, like you said. But I think the moment just kind of got to a lot mm-hmm. of guys, especially on the Bouchard penalty lock. Like that's a, you don't really see Bouchard come up and step up on guys like that hardly ever. So it was a moment he just got caught in it yeah. in a position he's not usually in. Like it's got to keep his stick down. A lot of the penalties that were taken last night were, were uncontrolled sticks and it's just something they've got to improve and just be more disciplined. And it was, they showed signs of in the last like eight minutes, like you said, of what they were before they, they lost to the Kings, actually, 6-3 that one night. And yeah. just kind of inconsistent games. But I think they'll tie it up. It's a, it's a veteran group, to be honest. DC, they lost. How can you not be worried? If they lose game two, I will be like, you know, if, if your little coffee cup here is the panic button, I'll be like, I'll be like right here if they lose game two. But right now, I don't want to look at that damn thing. That panic button means nothing to me. No. I, again, they lost game one to LA last year, came back and won. They were facing elimination in game six against LA, came back and won. They were down one nothing to the Calgary Flames, came back and won. And is it great? I mean, the glass half empty approach you could take here is they played a good game and they lost. They blew one of their good games in the series because LA at some point over the course of a best of seven, there's going to be a night where LA is just better. They're going to play yeah. a really good game and they'll get the bounces. That'll happen one other time. That's why I said Oilers in six. And trying to think back clearly to last time they played in the in the first round, which was obviously only last season, but I feel like the three games LA won were directly from the Oilers just shooting themselves in the foot. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. At least two of them, from what I remember, when the Oilers showed up, they were the better team. And look, mm-hmm. we knew we know this is going to be a, a tight series, even before coming into it. Like nobody was expecting a blowout. One thing I thought that was interesting last night was actually how much offense the Oilers were able to generate against the LA Kings. Because yep. we saw it in those last two games where it was just very tight, like not a lot of room out there, like not a lot of good chances. Mm-hmm. But it took like in that one game, was it 2 nothing? It took a moment of magic from Conor McDavid, shorthanded to go get that extra goal for the Oilers. But yep. last night, I thought the Oilers dictated the play. And that is extremely positive. Yes, the result didn't go that way. But Kempe is a 40-goal scorer. He's legit. He's, he's their legit. Yeah, he's their best offensive weapon. And yeah, I we had someone in here. I think it was a Kings fan who was actually being fine. They said Edmonton's the more skilled team, and if things stay calm, that favors Edmonton. If they get chippy, that favors LA. The way I kind of look at yesterday was again through forty minutes, the Oilers showed that if they just play their game, LA can't generate anything. Like I was yeah. talking to people in the intermission. I met a bunch of people who will watch the show as well. Nice. Um, but I was chatting with people and it was like, LA can't get to a dangerous area right now. They didn't have a dangerous look in the first period. I don't think they had a dangerous look till about halfway through the second. That right there, like people again are saying like, I would have been, I would have been less disappointed if they lost 5-1. How can you say that? You're coming out of this game. I'm fully confident that this team is going to win game two. What, what did you think of, so the first goal 
was Kempe coming across with a backhand. Yeah. I think Skinner could have had that one, but was maybe screened a little bit by just a good play by Kempe using the defense yeah. as a screen, but a bit of a softish goal. Second one I thought was actually a direct mistake from Zach Hyman. So I don't, I don't know. Have you yep. seen this? So he came across, he threw a pick on Eckholm, but also didn't go to the puck, which I thought was weird. Like if he had just got his stuck on that puck and chipped it out of the zone, the play would have been over. The second one, obviously a mistake from Skinner, just allowing it to slide through. And then on the overtime goal, it was just, it was Nugent Hopkins, I think, just felt unprepared and wasn't handling the pressure of Arvidsson coming. And yeah. it was just like, no, like, boys, you got to bear down on the face-offs because yep. two of those goals were directly errors from that. And you eliminate those and it's a, you, well, first of all, you're not even in overtime. Yep. But secondly, you're winning that hockey game and it's just like those little details in the game are what screwed the others last night. So yeah, I think we've, we've said it a lot, but. This is a very, oh, this is a very good hockey team, and they are better than the LA Kings when they play their game. They just got away from it at certain points last night. Yeah, those, those little attention to details, and again on that Kempe goal, like McDavid had the two on one. When you're up in a game, don't try the fancy play. Don't try to flutter mm-hmm. a pass across the ice. Put the puck on net. Yeah. Tried to force a play, wasn't there. It went back the other way. Like again, a night where Connor McDavid was. I don't want to call him a non-factor because he was buzzing. He was getting chances, but he didn't factor into the score sheet in that hockey game. Think about that. Connor McDavid did not get on the score sheet. The guy who had 150 some points in the regular season didn't get on the score sheet and the Oilers lost in OT. If that guy gets scoring and he will, it's, it's inevitable. It's, he's not a guy who's going to go on a slump for a seven game series. He's going to get scoring and this Kings team is going to be in a world of trouble. What did you think of the disallowed goal by Warren Fogel? Now, I think this is a talking point that yeah. just isn't, is kind of been muted a little bit. Gavin and I spoke about it with Connor last night on After Dark. One thing that really bothered me before we even, you have to address if he was pushed into the goal or not. Like, how do we not know if that puck went in the net or not? Like, how is there nothing in the game right now that shows us besides going look at an, an yeah. iPad, which is smaller than my laptop screen, being like, oh, did it go in? Like, how is it just not like a, something in that puck that indicates, yes, the puck went over the line? You look at like what soccer is able to do with VAR and offsides yeah. and things like that. There's no reason why the NHL, again, they have trackers and sensors in the pucks. There's no reason why they can't figure out that technology. It's just wild. And I think that's the big thing is it's game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs of the mm-hmm. first round for this series. And yeah. that puck probably went in the net, which is fair yeah. to say. But we don't know because we couldn't see the thing mm-hmm. because the goal is, and it's, it is what it is. You can't see it, but there should be some way for the goal, uh, for yeah. the goaltender. Cause I think we even saw it against LA this season where Jack Campbell, do you may remember made that glove save yeah. and they said the puck went over, but there was no definitive evidence other than like, well, the puck, the glove looks it like probably went in. Yeah, it probably did, but we don't know if it did. It's just how are we here right now? And then once you can figure that out, then you can determine if Warren Fogel was tripped or he just crashed into the mm-hmm. goalie or not. But yeah. the first thing it, is, did the puck go in the net or not? People are saying on the overhead, you could have seen it went in. Yeah, they did show an angle on the screen at the game too, where I was like, oh yeah, I think I yeah. see that puck like go into the corner. Um, was it, did he get pushed in? I think I even saw Fogel mouth that to the ref when they showed him mm-hmm. on the screen. Like I was pushed and Woodcroft wanted challenge. They told him, no, I think it's kind of similar to the DNA thing where like, you know, it irks an Oilers fan, but like if it was the other way around, if that was I follow going into Skinner, we'd probably be pretty pissed. I, I do think, I do think they made the right decision on the yeah. ice to say there was the goalie was impeded or whatever, but 
just yeah, the evidence of I I didn't see that the the angle sh- showed it because quite frankly it was just difficult to see. Mm-hmm. But it should just be an easy decision for when the goal the ref is like standing on the back of the net being like, well, do I point my arm at the back of the net or not? Like he should just have a watch that like lights up green or something when they score and be like, yep, goal. Then you can go to the video and be like, okay, was this goalie interference? Yep. Should this goal stand? It's a very easy system. Can't be that difficult, right? Yeah, Maynard says, but if they would have called it a no goal with goalie interference, Oilers could have challenged. He was pushed. Yeah, I think he was pushed. Um, but again, like you kind of lose the benefit of the doubt when you're like barreling full yep. speed to the net, right? Sure. Like the defenseman's got to be able to make a play. Uh, Tyler says it would have been goalie interference anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's not the reason they lost. No. If anything, actually, one thing that was a bit of a turning point, in my opinion, is they got the five on three. They buried on the five on three. They kept the big guns out for the five on four portion of it. And I was like, if you score here, you crush them. It's Mm -hmm. over. And I know they eventually did get a third goal and went up three, one in that hockey game. But if they could have, Oh, and they had a look to Connor had a chance. Like if they score on that different hockey game, if Connor shoots on the two on one, probably a bit of a different hockey game as well. Again, like we're sitting here with all these, what ifs, so many things that didn't work in the Oilers favor. They didn't get a power play in the back half of that hockey game outside of like the little six seconder with the high sticking uh, when they went back to back with high sticks. Um, A lot of things didn't work in their favor last night and they lost an OT. Again, you need luck sometimes in the playoffs and that's just one of those games last night. Yeah, were some of those things preventable? Sure, 100%. The Oilers proved they're the better hockey team in this series. There was an interesting comment that kept coming up in the After Dark chat last night, which I'm curious to what you think of, about Stuart Skinner. I thought Skinner was okay yesterday. I didn't think he did anything special. He could, yeah, like they could have won that game if he stole them the game, but he wasn't the reason they lost. But also, people were like, he didn't make a big save. He did. Did did, did the Oilers even need him to make a big save? Like, I feel like he, like he maybe on the power play one, I think yeah. it was Kempe when he came across, but... What is a big save? Like, is this when he just like flashes a glove on a one-on-one breakaway? I'd be more than happy if Skinner made 40 saves with shots from the blue line for the night and they won the game, to be honest. But I just thought the Oilers did a very good job of actually limiting the chances that LA had that could have been high danger ones. And the ones that did, I thought Skinner was was decent with them, no? Yeah, I had no problem with him at all. Again, like maybe, yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he didn't give up a weak goal. He made some big stops, I thought, on the power play. Like he was eight for ten on the power play. That's, I mean, it's not great, but he made eight stops when yeah. he was shorthanded. So yeah, I, I mean, Guitar Maniac says Skinner was solid, but you would like a save. Yeah, I, I would just argue you got some saves. Um, Angel Sandoval, Kings fan, you're burning your stars out. That's funny. And overworked McDavid is what I want. Keep double shifting McDavid. They didn't double shift McDavid at all. When you look at the numbers, like I'm looking at the shift charts on uh, on Natural Statric, and I don't see that at all. McDavid played was at 221 on the power play, 153 shorthanded. So he only played about 21 minutes, five on five. And I mean, with the way Dryside always playing last night, there yeah. was no need to double shift McDavid. And I mean, yeah, in overtime, maybe we saw a little bit more McDavid and Dryside. I guess that's it too. Like those mm-hmm. numbers are probably boosted at least a couple of minutes from the overtime shifts too. So yeah, I I'm not worried about McDavid being overworked. His team went to the Western Conference Finals last year, playing 11 and 7 basically in the entire time. So there you have it. Yeah. Andre Kopitar had a great game. Quietly had a four point night. I had no idea he had four points till, till the end of the game. It was like, oh, wow. 
Uh, I need to give a shout out to Matt and Thomas, who I met in between uh, the third period in OT, and they bought me a beer, and Raj, who also bought me a beer. Oh, he was very nice. nice, and he has a sports memorabilia business that I'm very intrigued to know more about. So shout out to Raj and the two young gentlemen who bought me a brewski. We had a good time. We had some good chats. I wonder if they've got any signed Dustin Panagers who's in the memorabilia store. Maybe. Maybe he's looking to buy yours. Well, Maybe that's his angle. Let me know, Raj. I'm always open to, always open to offers. Yeah. Uh, someone with the name uninstall, run it back with the same game plan and cut back the penalties. We win easily. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Hungry Tyler Kane's work ethic is suspect. I didn't love that game from Evander Kane because, again, you I did. thought that penalty was kind of dumb, but he mixed it up physically a little bit. I thought he, there was a couple moments he got caught on the wrong side of the uh, of the puck in the D zone. And it's kind of like eh, you might be cheating a little bit for offense here trying to really get going. But again. That's a guy who was a goalie game last year in the playoffs. I have all the confidence in the world he's going to turn it around. Uh, I was frustrated by the penalty by Kane for sure, but I never really, I didn't notice anything poor about his game. Yeah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't just, see yeah. Maybe we just got to the point with Kane where it's like, that's a little bit expected yeah. from him. One guy, I mentioned him already, but the way Fogel backchecked on that one chance, oh. holy smokes. I thought it was McDavid. I genuinely thought that was Connor McDavid for a second. He was absolutely flying and, Man, if Fogo can even play half the game that he played the other yesterday on Wednesday, then he is going to be a hell of a player on this playoff run, however far the others go. And yep. a good thing too was it was a driver on every single line. There was every man. single line. At Brett Kulak, holy smokes, that, that guy, play he made the little hezzy yeah, and then driving in. Like, oh, going back to his oh. junior days, it was amazing. But yeah, lots of positives to take. Yep. I'm. I'm it seems like people are taking some positives too in the chat for the most part. Yep. Like the, okay, four forward lines. You had the top line, McDavid, Nuge, Hyman. 15 57 at five on five. Shot attempts 21 11 shots 12 5. Dry saddle Kane, Yamamoto. 12 31 time on ice. Out shot the Kings by four, 10 to six. Shot attempts 16 11. Boom. That's very good. Bukestad, Yanmark, Costin. 6 46 at five on five. Attempts 7 3, shots 3 to 1. And then I already talked about the fourth line. 10 to three attempts, six to one shots. They had six shots in six minutes and they started twice in the D zone, once in the neutral zone and only mm. twice in the O zone. Like again, that bottom six was working and that is really, that's really what is going to separate this Oilers team from the Kings team. Cause again, McDavid's going to get his at some point. Yeah. Connor is going to start producing when he does. And if this bottom six keeps rolling the way they're rolling, cause they're due now. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming, man. This is the Oilers are still winning this series. The Oilers are winning this series in six games. I'll stand by that. That means we're going to have one more disappointing night and one more disappointing show, but we're going to have four good ones. I'm very confident in that. Hopefully that night comes in like game five when they're up three, one already or something. Yeah. Like that. That'd be much nicer, but um, I don't know if you can do it quickly, but I'm curious to see what Victor Arvidsson's numbers look like last night. Just at a five on five or, or whatever. I thought he was absolutely buzzing for the Kings. And that's a guy who, LA obviously didn't have last season and I thought he had a big impact. He has a lot of speed. I think he had a couple of assists too, and it was great yeah. on the penalty kill. Like what, how did he look? He had two shots, four shot attempts. Um, his line kind of got caved though, because I mean, the Oilers dominated him, right? Yeah, like it was hard for anyone true. on the Kings to put up good underlying numbers in that hockey game because the Oilers took it to him. Yeah. For the eye test, he looked like he was very effective. He looked mm -hmm. very effective actually against Ekholm, which is interesting because obviously they're both, former national predators yeah. and fellow countrymen as well. So yeah, Arvidsson I thought was very strong for them. And But the others, again, just did such a good job of yeah. actually stopping the Kings from doing anything. The Kings just found a way. They found a way more times than the others did.
Uh, AMA Travel Out of Town Scoreboard. Let's wrap up the show mm. with that. Obviously, the Oilers not back in action until Wednesday night. Another 820 puck drop down at Rogers Place. Last night, out of the four games, three unders and two underdogs won. So you're looking at tonight, Rangers, Devils, Tampa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Vegas, Seattle, Colorado. I like the under and Winnipeg to win game one. I think they're going to stun Vegas right off the hump, right off the jump, and Connor Hellebuck's going to play really good. I also think I'm riding with the Rangers as road dogs tonight as well. I think those will be the two underdogs that win, and Colorado-Toronto will win. What do you think? I'm kind of on the Rangers train, too. I think It's a team that they went to Eastern Finals last year, right? Is that right? They're either way, they're yeah, yeah. sick teams, so they got everything. The Devils, I think this series will go seven, so eventually one team's got to lose at home, mm-hmm. you would assume. So I'm going to say the Rangers tonight plus 110 over at Betway. I'm going to go Tampa Bay against Toronto. I just, I don't know. I know the is. Bolts' dogs is so tempting. Yeah. And it's just, I know they are kind of at the not a great end to the season, but also it's a team that basically knew their fate for the last two or three months. Yep. Like you can kind of take it off a little bit and they've shown up in this spot for a while. And until, until they prove me otherwise, I'm just going to ride with them. But I'm, I think tonight's slate is. Fantastic. And to be honest, last night's slate was awesome too. Carolina of the Islanders wasn't awesome, but that was every kinda, game's gonna be three one there. Yeah. And that was kind of expected, right? But the yeah, what a just the playoffs in the NHL are amazing. Just having the best on best and just it's just awesome. It's March Madness, but in late April. Uh, Josh wants to know if he can use me to try win Oilers tickets. Sure. Tyler McDonald. I say this loss was good for the Oilers. It's going to help them the rest of the way. Kylie, if the Oilers lose every game one and win every series, I do not care. And what happened last year? Excellent point, Kylie. The Oilers lost game one in both first and second rounds last year and won both those series. Come on. As a fan base, we're not going to be this fragile. We're not going to sit here and say the series is over. The Oilers are screwed. I get it. They lost a game they should have won, but they played really damn good. And the Kings got to do that three more times. If I was a Kings fan, I would not be sitting there going, whew, we, we yeah. got three more of those in us because you don't. <laughs> the bounces will not go your way. Um, there you go. Oh, man. Three more of those. Whew. Good eight minutes of hockey and then figuring out from the, yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, I think we covered everything, Tyler. Mm-hmm. I think we got it all good. Yep. Uh, people wanting to know our thoughts on Matt Dumba's hit yesterday. I thought he was fine. By the, it was not dirty in a suspendable way, but it was greasy in a, you saw him move the puck, you targeted, and you wanted to hit him hard. Yeah, that's probably fair. My thing, by the letter of the law, there was was no direct contact with the head. No, it was just a greasy hit. He got a guy in a bad spot and he finished his check. And I get it. If you're Dumba, that's what he does. That's his whole game. But I would like to see the league get rid of those and put in some sort of language. Are you just watching it for the first time, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, he didn't hit him in the head, but there was intent there to get him high. There was intent to hit Like, look at his feet, dude. Like, they don't fully leave the eyes, but like, I mean, I don't know. I would like the NHL to put in language that protects players in defenseless spots. Yeah. Or like an unintentional defenseless spot. Because that's not Pavelski being an idiot. That's Pavelski being ridden by, I think that's Hartman going wide. And that's Dumba being like, I got this guy dead to rights and I can hit him hard and hurt him. It was greasy. I think it was a greaseball play. No penalty on the play. Do you agree? I think he got a two-minute minor. For roughing no after. Oh, for roughing Max, after. Max wow. Domi. Yeah, people are saying that's a playoff hit. Keep your head up. But Maynard, yeah, the puck was nowhere near the hit. It's a penalty. Yeah, like run it back one more time. 
gone. Puck is gone. There's no, like, I don't know. A guy got hurt and I thought it was just an unnecessary one. A lot of people, they'll like it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on it. I feel like similar, it's similar to the day on a call in the sense of like in the moment, mm-hmm. like I think the ref called, he called a five minute major. Yeah. So in the moment, but they, they almost do that. that now. They almost do that so that they can review it. I think that's the right thing to do though. Me too. I think it's the right, right play. Like the other day when we saw the, what was it? Uh, Kevin LeBlanc five minute major yeah. against the others, which was hilarious. Not even close to a five, if you ask me. And yeah. it wasn't obviously, but yeah, I think it's good that they can do that at least and look back at it. But again, the refer the, the league is reviewing hits like that, but won't save the pucks in the back of the net. No, whatever. I digress. <laughs> Shout out to the sports closet, sports closet studio. Sean Bell stopped by for our friends at star mechanical. Three big things for Betway. The numbers from last night for Boston pizza and their new fanalytics inspired menu. AMA travel for the out of town scoreboard. We got a Sherwood Ford giant game day tomorrow going live from Greta, which yeah. is where our playoff parties are going to be Friday and Sunday yeah. night. Sunday night's an hour earlier on the puck drop as well. So you don't want to forget that. Oh, seven. Yeah, seven. So oh, we got it. that coming up tomorrow. Thursday, Belzy's back. We're going to break down the game. Friday is going to be weird because mm. I'm flying to LA during the time we usually do the show. Shout out to AMA Travel. Going to watch the Oilers on the road. Hopefully they'll be going up 2-1 and 3-1 in those hockey games. Um, so we're probably going to do the show later in the afternoon i'll let everyone know the time tomorrow i'll have it ironed out by tomorrow and then monday it's the liam show it is the liam show i will be hosting yep i'm intrigued to see what happens but it'll be good so i'll be relying on the chat heavily on monday sean will be here so i'll be here yeah and con and not you're not connor you're aaron aaron will be in i'm sure gavin will be said that too so it'll be very similar just without you maybe i'll even sit in the chair it's a very uncomfortable chair. I know. I, whenever you go on the road, I usually sit on that chair and I think, how does he do it? How does he do it on a daily sucks. basis? Because you don't just sit in that chair for the show. You come in here after the show and sit in that chair. Yeah, and then we do I do another pod after. <laughs> yeah, uh, We are recording a new episode of Oilers Nation Radio right away. So if you want more Oilers talk, look for that later on this afternoon. But enjoy the night of uh, hockey games as well. Four more on a tap. People are fired up for the Liam show. I, I like seeing that. that. Someone like asked if that. I could do Friday. I can't do Friday. Uh, Nathan asking if nation gear is available at the parties. Yes, we will be selling yes. nation gear at the parties as well. So, uh, you're going to want to head down to Greta, gretabar.com. Apparently Friday, we're like almost full. So if yeah. you want to come to our watch party on Friday, producer Aaron's going to be hosting it as well. Um, you need to go to gretabar.com and make a reservation because you actually might not get in. So go make a reservation. Um, shout out to the Kings fans who are actually kind of nice in the chat and had some good constructive feedback. Uh, Angel, who made some good points. So there you go. It's going to be a fun series. Giddy up. We'll talk tomorrow. 